thank you so much for joining us here on the Fit Photographer Podcast, where we talk creatine, green juice, protein shakes, Under Armour, and maybe if there's a little bit of time left at the at the end of the podcast, we'll talk about photography for like 10 minutes or something like that. We've got a very exciting show for everybody. We're going to talk about all the best places where you can find some monkey bars to get a quick pump on in the middle of your day. Uh, I'm here with a very special guest, Gavin Wade, and I'm so glad that you're here and that your name's Gavin because we are going to be having a good time on the podcast today. We are going to settle the eternal debate. Gavin Wade, Gatorade or Powerade? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Gatorade all the way. All Gatorade, the way. I mean, all the way. You can't get a sick pump in the gym without, you know, downing some Gatorade uh, and just rocking it out. You know, you get your two gallon jug, you have it next to you, you take a huge swig after every single bicep curl. That's perfect. Yeah, man. Nothing gets me more pumped than 80 grams of sugar in a drink. So I uh, love that. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Best thing you can do for fitness, hands down, hands down. And they got this new type of Gatorade uh, and it's like extra salty. And I love it. I love it. Tastes, oh, sweet. <laughs> tastes even more like sweat than it used to. Good deal. Good deal. Probably gives you a sick pump. I'm all for it. All right. Well, um, the getting a pump isn't a lie because we will be getting a, a pump, I guess, today. A mental, visual, photography-related pump because this is not the Fit Photographer podcast or whatever the hell I said. This is, of course... You, what podcast are we on? <laughs> what podcast are we on? We're the what? Photography Friends Podcast. We're on the Photography Friends Podcast. I was like, that was a pretty lowball question. That's probably the most lowball question you're going to get today. <laughs> good. I, pre- I appreciate it. It allows me to knock it out of the park, you know, get my confidence level up. That's yes, good. Yes, that's what we want to do here. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the guest is real, uh, Gavin Wade, and we will be having a good time. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about yourself, man. You're the founder and CEO of CloudSpot. Uh, let's, let's hear a little bit about that stuff. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, before before all of that, my wife and I, three months into dating, started our photography journey, and that was about 13 years ago. So, uh, believe it or not, or maybe maybe it was the perfect setup. I don't know, but uh, I was in the I was in the fitness industry. I was a kinesiology major. I was going down that route. I was a personal trainer, and that's what I was doing. Uh, you were drinking the creatine. The you were having the protein shakes. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, if video was on, you could just see my absolutely manly physique and have all doubts just, you know, we'll go post, away. We'll post some pictures of uh, <laughs> of your of your abs up on the Instagram later on. Perfect. Yes. The dad bod thing is real these days. However, back then in my former life, uh, yes, was in the fitness industry and just, you know, we were three months into dating, looked at each other across the dinner table one night and just said, look, I like my job. I don't love it. How about you? She's like, yeah, same. So I said, well, if you could do it all over again, what would you do? And our answer was the same thing. It was photography. So we figured, hey, we're young. We can, we can make some dumb mistakes still in life. Like, why don't we, why don't we get after this thing? Uh, we both had the entrepreneurial bug, uh, both under our own businesses at the time. And so we dove in and dropped our life savings on camera gear, um, which makes it sound really big and, and and huge but all it really was is like one camera and one lens each like one Cam- camera body <laughs> camera gear is pretty expensive as uh, as listeners of the show will know exactly so you know we dipped our toe in but we took the leap uh and fast forward 13 months later uh we were married uh, home from our honeymoon quitting our day jobs and uh shot 28 weddings our first year and so the rest was history 
That's crazy, man. And then after that, even so pivoting from like fitness into the wedding photography thing, and then you even pivoted again, right? And started CloudSpot. So let's talk a little bit about, about that aspect of it. Did. Yeah. So about six years into our photo business, and we, we were shooting at that point, you know, between 40, 50 weddings a year. Uh, and it was just her and I against the world. So just shoulder to shoulder, you know, hundred shoots, give or take uh, every single year. And, you know, that, that burnout uh, point was, it was approaching. And so we knew that, you know, something needed to change, right? Yeah. Like we could keep grinding away. We're in our early twenties. Like we, we still have the energy, you know, we, we could do it. Right. But looking further down the field, you know, it just became very apparent. Like, look, there's no, there's no 401k plan for self-employed photographers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there needs to be some type of end goal, right? Because I feel like photographers, we just think one year at a time, right? One booking season yeah, at a time. Yeah, dude, I think one shoot at a time. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's just it as well, right? As creatives, there's there's value in that. But as business owners, we need to think a little bit further down the field, yeah, right? Yeah, very um, true. A, a saying that I've heard often, and I'm sure you have too, is, you know, we overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in five or in 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so it's looking at that. So, you know, it was kind of, backing out to a, you know, 50,000 foot view and going, okay, five years from now, 10 years from now, what do we want our business to look like? What do we want our life to look like? Do we want to have kids? Do we want to travel? Like what, what do we want to do? Um, and so it was again, over dinner kind of, you know, just uh, sharing what our goals were. Right. Um, and so from that uh, came another just harebrained idea. Uh, and it really came from, you know, me banging my head against the desk in our own workflow going, how can we deliver these images to our clients? Like my wife yeah. was amazing and editing shoots faster than I could actually deliver them. Um, you know, we'd have a double or triple header wedding uh, and it was all of them were done, called, edited, ready to rock before our next double header wedding the following weekend, right? Um, huge blessing, by the way, like absolutely. I know, you know, that is a, a massive benefit that a lot of photographers don't have. Um, I married my editor. So there we go. It worked out really well, but, um, but it w- it became that technical bottleneck. And so it was really from that problem of, you know, how do I, how do we deliver an amazing experience to our clients when it comes to digital delivery, when it comes to getting those photos into their hands? Um, how can we do that such that it represents our brand really well, such that it doesn't feel like an afterthought, like, Hey, here's Dropbox or, you know, Google drive wasn't around at the time, but you know, yeah, here's, or a, here's, here's, here's a Google drive link that like doesn't work. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, or or like you didn't get the permission to actually download them. Oh, it's a great experience every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, n- nothing says high-end wedding professional like here's a Google Drive link, right? Uh, and it just I didn't want that vibe. Like we spent so much time curating our clients' experience up to that point. Uh, right. and and at the point where I would consider a highlight of that experience, it was treated like an afterthought. Uh, and it just I I just wasn't cool with it. And I said, there just has to be something that's easier for our workflow. There has to be something that's more presentable for us as a brand that can be conducive to growing it rather than just like, here's your photos, peace out, right? Mm-hmm. On to the next one, turn and burn. Um, which I think is just a very short-sighted view of, you know, approaching business, right? Because um, you market either to your, you know, your clients or you market to your industry. And we weren't able to do either through just the methods that we were doing uh, at yeah, the time. You, you want to get return clients and build like a database of clients as well, right? So uh, absolutely, especially wedding and portrait world, like one client can turn into a lifelong client as many have, right? And so it's never just one shoot. Uh, it's one shoot that can create many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, it, it just wasn't, 
it just wasn't settling right with me. And I knew that we were compromising just for the sake of getting things done. So anyways, over this long winded dinner conversation, the question came up, well, like, okay, well, if you would build something, uh, what would it look like? What features would it have? What problems would it solve and how would it be different? And so it was really there on kind of the back of a napkin. Um, and then, you know, subsequently the next day on, on a pad of paper started just writing out all the things that if, you know, we could create something out of thin air, hand wavy magic, poof, there it is. Um, that's where CloudSpot was born. And so fast forward seven years later, here we are. Um, shot my last wedding last year after 12 amazing years. And we got two rugrats running around now. So uh, my, my editor isn't editing as much as she used to anyways uh, after our daughter was born. And so it really just kind of saw this natural progression uh, and evolution in our business towards serving the industry in a different way. Because I absolutely love photography. I love the photo industry. I love small business and I love business in general. So this just felt like a natural extension because I'm such a huge tech nerd on top of it all. So <laughs> that was pretty impressive. That was like your whole life story in uh, in like just under four minutes, I think. So that was, that was pretty good. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Link in bio for my biography. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> for, yeah, that would be good. I actually putting out a putting out a book could be another nice uh, income stream for you. But yeah, I always love hearing those those types of stories, man. And and from people who you know are a little bit more experienced. Uh, you know, I've been doing the photography thing for well, like owning my own business anyways for like five years and kind of focusing more on like photography and video for the last like three years you know what I mean so I'm still kind of I guess in touch with some of those people who are a little and by hosting this podcast you know and talking to people all the time uh, in touch with people who are kind of starting out or in their first few years and I think with a lot of creatives people are just like super excited to be doing it at all like I am <laughs> like I am <laughs> very much so I'm like hey man I get to grab my kid like I'm never upset about it when I have to go to work I like get my camera gear I know sometimes it's a little heavy in the backpack or whatever but I'm always <laughs> pumped to do it it's not like uh some you know uh job where you have to deal with excel spreadsheets all day or uh you know super long zoom meetings all day or something like that like it is exciting but to hear you talk about thinking long term and always having that like long view you know building that brand using different uh different ways of differentiating yourself from the competition and stuff like that, right? Um, I want to ask you like some of the the big challenges that you faced along the way. Like let's even say, you know, we don't want to get that. Ah, maybe, maybe fuck it. Let's get personal with it. You know, like what, what were uh, some of the hiccups, some things that, that really got in the way of you trying to build what you were trying to build? Uh, I mean, more, more mistakes than successes. That's for darn sure. Right. Uh, as my dad always says, life's all about successes and failures. You just hope you end on the right one. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, for, for us in, in the photo business side of things, uh, something that I think, let, let's start with the good. Why not? Let, let's yeah. start with gratitude. Um, so something that went, something that we did right out of the gate that I felt like helped accelerate our learning curve was that we found a mentor. Uh, it was, nice. it was, it was someone whom we trusted who, you know, if we were to fast forward our ideal business 10 years, this is what our, we would want our business to look like this person, right. the way that they ran it, not just their business values and their style, um, but also their family life. Also their just everything, every aspect was like, okay, this person has orchestrated their life and their business to be a certain way. Uh, and we could see ourselves really finding a, a lot of joy and peace and fulfillment in going in that same direction. So uh, it was someone that I had known. It was actually my first phone call when we even thought about doing this whole photography thing. And I was just like, hey, you know, 
am, am I crazy? Like, is this possible? Is this doable? You know, talk me out of it, right? Essentially, <laughs> um, because we're about to make a big leap here. Uh, and, and he did the opposite. Uh, and I'm happy to share his name. His name's Mike Cologne. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a Sony uh, ambassador now, uh, wedding celebrity photographer. I mean, gosh, just done everything, right? Fashion photographer, editorial, widely published, all that kind of stuff. Um, and is here in Southern California. And so, you know, we just started a monthly mentorship program with him where we were just like, look, help us craft the business. And it wasn't just turn us into copies of you because that's never going to work. Mm -hmm. um, and that's an advantage, not a detriment, right? Uh, but it's like, look, help us shape and build this business. So that is something that we did right out of the gate. It wasn't cheap. We invested into it just like anything. Like you need to invest into making yourself a better version of you, whether that be in business, whether that be going to workshops, whether that be learning, you know, Photoshop, editing, whatever it might be, or it could be investing into buying back your time, like with editing or with designing or whatever it could be, right? Um, so I felt like that was something that we did right. Um, it wasn't cheap, but it was absolutely worth the investment. Uh, we weren't using our college degrees anyway, so it might as well essentially get our you know college degree version in the photography world uh, invested to that. Um, I would say something that we perhaps put a little bit more weight on in a mistake right out of the gate yeah. was that feeling of perfection, mm -hmm. having to touch every single aspect of what we did. Mm -hmm. I'm a perfect, I'm a perfectionist. I think a lot of us creatives are our own worst, you know, critic when it comes to yeah. anything that we touch. Right. And we think that if we move that pixel, you know, three pixels to the right, it's going to forever change our business and we're never going to book another client again. Right. Um, and, and sometimes so, I wake up in a cold sweat because I didn't move that <laughs> I didn't move that pixel. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't you know. I had to adjust the contrast. If I just would have put it two more percent, ah, it just would have been perfect. Uh, exactly right. And so we were hard on ourselves. I was hard on myself. You know, uh, and 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 it's all towards you know the pursuit of trying to build something great, right? And trying to reach our goals, which I, I think is a great self-inflicted pressure. But at the same time, it's maintaining that perspective, right? Uh, it's, it's having gratitude for the journey that you're on rather than just the, oh my gosh, if I don't crush this, you know, life is over type of thing. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves rather than what the industry or what, you know, our clients put on us. Um, but it would, I, I think we, we should have given ourselves a little bit more grace, uh, in, in, in the early years and in the later years, <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, time and experience helps, you know, give you some of that perspective, uh, to, to a degree, um, it never reduced our drive, but it was just like, okay, let's, let's really take a step back here. And is this the end of the world? If this doesn't happen, or if we miss our, you know, if we miss our own editing schedule by a day, oh my gosh, is this a blow up at the dinner table type of situation? Right. Um, you know, something that I also think that we did well, uh, and it's, it, it's usually a, a love it or you kill each other is uh, working with your spouse. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, uh, and when we say like, oh yeah, we totally work shoulder to shoulder during the weekends and during the week, and we built this business together, usually people go, oh, wow. You know, I would kill my spouse after 10 minutes or, you know, oh yeah, like we do it too. And we love it. So, uh, I don't think it's a right or wrong thing there, but I think we, what we did early on was we realized where our strengths were. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we allowed each other to have ownership over each one of those individual areas. Um, and that doesn't mean that can't happen if you're not working by yourself as well. Like if you're a solopreneur, uh, it's also realizing where are your strengths and where are your weaknesses and outsourcing that, so to speak. Yeah. Um, uh, and again, 
that, that phrase, buying back your time mm-hmm. uh, to help you be more effective in the ways that you can 5X, 10X your business uh, through the effort that you spend, right? Some people that's editing, some people that's designing, some people that's answering emails or scheduling or whatever it might be, right? There are people, services, tools, software that can all work towards your benefit uh, and help you lean into your strengths. Yeah. One one big one for me, if I can offer one as well, is just uh, it kind of ties in back with what we were talking about earlier, that long-term planning thing, but actually like undervaluing yourself. I think that's something that tons and tons of people do, right? When you're just getting started and like I said, you're hungry for it, you're excited to be doing it and you're like, oh, well, how much is a shoot? Okay, well, it's 300 bucks. Actually like planning out your year and writing down, okay, how many $300 shoots do I have to do in a year to make money? You pretty quickly realize like that's not sustainable, right? That you're going to burn yourself out. So uh, yeah, something from like my personal experience, like I definitely <laughs> thought that I could make uh, I could make a business work, you know, taking small shoots and doing a lot of them. And like you were saying, kind of get a get a gig, shoot it, move on the next one. Right. And yeah, right. just from just from experience, realizing that that's not really what it's about. It's creating more and more value, becoming more of a team member, like integrating yourself into a business and, you know, offering like quite a bit more value than that. Right. And then looking for, you know, referrals and, and repeat business and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one, one more positive, one more negative. If you, if you're down for it, uh, I mean, I'm loving, as... the, I'm loving the negatives. I, I think I learned more from the <laughs> negatives, but give me, give me uh, a positive good. though. I glad, I'm glad you're a positive guy. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, as an entrepreneur, uh, I think we have to be more glass half full rather than glass half empty, because if we were always glass half empty, why in the world would we keep doing you this? Wouldn't right? do like... <laughs> you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't start doing it, man. Yeah, for sure. Right. And, and I'm starting to have this attitude like where, you know, obviously problems are always going to come up, like nothing's ever going to run like quite as smoothly as I want. I try to keep that thought in my head of like when something bad does happen, it's very tough in the moment. Right. But to be like, what is the lesson from this? Like, yeah, this sucks right now, but like, is there a lesson in the fact this sucks? And like, how do I avoid this sucking again? Right. But, mm-hmm. but go ahead with your positive one if you want. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's, let, let's keep, let's keep the suck train going here. Well, right. Why don't we, uh, We're on and, the suck and, and, train. there we go. All aboard. Um, I'll, I'll put in so, some, uh, chugging, uh, sound effects perfect. on this part later. It's a note to myself when I'm editing. Perfect. Now. Yeah. Next stop humiliation station. Um, so, <laughs> Uh, for something that I heard that someone did, another entrepreneur that I thought was a really interesting idea, because you know, when, when you when you look back over your journey, it's really easy to pull out like, oh, here's the things we did right, and here's the things where we rocked it. But sometimes it's tougher to pull out the things we did wrong, because you know, by sheer nature, we tend to just glaze over that or write over it uh, in our in our memories. And so, what this entrepreneur did was every time that he failed, like epic failed uh, in life. Uh, in business, in relationships, like whatever it might be, he wrote himself an email uh, and he, and he clearly identified what he did wrong, what he learned uh, uh, and, and the key takeaway, the core life takeaway from that. And he did it for five years. Um, anytime that he screwed up, he did it for five years. And it was this email chain, this thread, this chain that kept going and going and going for five years worth of learnings. And he's like, at any time, uh, I wanted to go back and remind myself of either the things that I've learned or things that I've overcome. It was all in an email thread. So anyways, some people do email, some people call it Twitter, some people call it Instagram reels, whatever it might be. But um, I just thought it was a really good way to, to self-reflect. Um, yeah, I did not cool. do that. 
you forget that stuff after a while, right? You forget that you've learned those lessons and you're like, oh, I always knew that. No, you didn't. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, no, it's, it's, it's a really beneficial thing, right? No matter if it's a journal or a gratitude journal or whatever it might be. Um, I would, I would say something that we did not do uh, until we did not do soon enough was, was realize how important it was to market to our industry rather mm-hmm. than just go after clients. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, and, and maybe this is a no duh thing now in business uh, for a lot of people, because I think uh, a lot of educators uh, and a lot of folks have been been really treading this, this message for a long time. But in the early days, this was like when blogging was just like starting getting really popular, right? Uh, this is before Instagram, this is before all these kind of things. And I'm really dating myself. Um, but for us, it was just how do we find clients? How do we yeah. get more clients? How do we rinse and repeat? And we just felt like that was what we were laser focused on. Go to the bridal shows, do the, you know, not advertising, do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we just completely, just completely ignored the marketing opportunities within our own industry. Like, like within photography itself, you mean? Within photography itself, specifically weddings. Like, yeah. you know, we would show up and shoot a wedding every weekend and focus just so much on our clients uh, and that before, during, and after. Yeah. Uh, and what we completely ignored was the fact that there was 10 other vendors, mm-hmm. 10 to 12 other vendors all around us, both leading up to, during, and after that day, who quite honestly did not have the luxury of anything to show from that day um, like we did right? We took photos of everything and all, all their hard work and essentially held the keys to helping their businesses be successful. And we just sat on it, right? We didn't reach out. We didn't proactively chat with them. We didn't retroactively chat with them or hook them up with images. Uh, we didn't do it in a way that was helpful for them rather than adding work for them. Yeah, uh, cool. and, and we didn't put ourselves in their shoes until many, many years later. And I'll tell you, once we did, once we made that shift, that's when things went from good to great as far as like our business goals were concerned. Wow. That's really cool, man. Like realizing that kind of the business activities that you're doing are like whipping up all these opportunities. And then because you can't even see them, you're like leaving them on on the board a little bit, right? Like that's, that's why I really do this, this content stuff. I mean, cause I love it. I get to meet cool people like you and and have good conversations like this, you know, and, uh, and, and you look a little bit like Tom Hardy as well. So that's going to be good for (laughs) for the meetings. Uh, Uh, If you could, if you could Photoshop that part too, in addition to muscle, Download, that'd be that'd be awesome perfect oh the the dad bod the abs they're not quite okay well, oh, oh not not at all well at all. yeah we'll work we'll work on that man but i i love that that awareness right of just like not having that tunnel vision of okay we need to get get the client to the photos send the send the photos get the next client right actually thinking okay what are we really creating here and like what are the opportunities that we're creating with our business what are those you know things that are kind of in the periphery that we're not even really seeing. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah. as soon as we started realizing that all of those vendors couldn't book next week's big job if they didn't have photos to show from this week's big job, uh, it, it changed the game for us in terms of how we leveraged our photography, how we approached wedding days, especially, like what types of pictures we took, uh, how we were intentional about fostering those relationships and then following up. Um, you know, just a small little example that just, uh, you know, personified this was we shot at this little boutique wedding venue here um, on the coastline of California, had a gorgeous view. It was in this like old, like mission style thing, like built in the 1920s. 
it was a venue that only could hold maybe 100 people, right? But the, the view was just out of this world. It took a little bit, took a hot minute to drive there and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was just epic, right? And it was just like this little hidden gem that they would just do maybe, you know, 60 weddings a year, something like that there, which for normal wedding venues isn't a ton. Um, and we just started being really intentional with them, right? Like about hooking them up with images. About the second time that we started working there, we started making, uh, you know, friends with the people who we would see over and over. Um, and long story short, you know, you know, we gave them a, a sample album. We said, hey, can we help provide feedback on your website? How can we help upgrade this part? Like I knew a little bit on the tech side. So I was like, you want, can I crack the hood open for you and help out a little bit? Because I think you guys could really like, um, you know, you're, you're underselling all the coolness that you have here, like around mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Anyways, long story short, uh, after two years, this wedding venue was essentially an automatic 25 weddings a year for us. Holy like, cow, man like 25, not just like, oh, like here for a few hours. No, these were like 25 weddings that were at least five grand a pop um, for those bookings. And it was, it got to the point where the coordinator would call us and be like, hey, are you booked on this weekend? And I'll be like, let me check. Uh, no, I'm not. She's like, well, you are now. I'm going to send you this couple, right? And it's like, what, who doesn't dream of that conversation happening and just having that type of, you know, automatic referral base. So, and all it took was just us looking for opportunities to help other people out right and just take our heads away from the viewfinder for a second look around and say hey how, how can we help those people around us who honestly would love to work with their friends every single weekend rather than just go to the salt mines and another day at the factory type of deal right yeah yeah um who doesn't want that and so we just looked for opportunities like that and it, it was an amazing relationship a great partnership um and was just a, one of those kind of uh accelerators for our business yeah, and it's just way easier to work with people that you know, like on the client side, but also with like the other staff side, right? Like uh, yeah. when you're going into a place and you're trying to work there and the staff doesn't know you, you know, that can uh, that can create some problems. I'm thinking definitely of like uh, some some bartending stuff that I've done in the past where I've shown up to do because <laughs> I do more of the like cocktail type of BS. It's another passion of mine, like uh, than photography, oh, nice. right? So sometimes I show up and I start making the cocktails and doing all the fancy bullshit. Uh, the shakes and the you know pour, the nice pours and all the weird ingredients and people can be like oh man like this guy this guy's making us look bad and stuff and they get a little bit you know what I mean whereas if I went in and they were already people who I knew and I had already told them before that I'm just there that night and then I'm going away <laughs> then you know then they might uh, that might go a little bit differently so yeah it just it gets so much easier when you start working on that referral basis and and working with people that you know more right that's yeah, something that you can learn with experience or you don't, you can just listen to podcasts and you can learn it that way. So there you go. There you go. You got Tom Hardy and you got Tom Cruise over here from cocktail. <laughs> so, you know, just, 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 just Tom, tune in. Tom Cruise is big right now. I heard that the new uh, Top Gun is actually good. I want to go see it because they really did it. Like that's not a green screen, right? He's flying the airplanes and they put the bunch of cameras right in there. So it's the only way that he was going to, he did that movie. He said zero green screens. Otherwise he wouldn't do it. Oh and yeah. So. If, he, yeah. if they won't let him risk his life, why even, Absolutely. Make, a, why even Absolutely. make a movie, right? Um, yeah, they said, they said the U.S. military charged the uh, film company 11 grand an hour um, okay. wow. for those jets. A bargain, in my opinion. I would love to do that. That'd be that's awesome. pretty good, man. I'm going to start. <laughs> uh, that's going to be my new rate. You heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man, before we uh, get into, like, I do, I do want to talk about some uh, particulars about CloudSpot. We're, we're about halfway through, so that would probably be a good time to get into that. But before we do, 
uh, we need to talk about gear, man. We need to throw down. So listeners of this podcast will know we like to throw down on gear. What are we talking here, dude? Nikon, Sony, Canon. Are you going to be one of those weirdos that tells me it's Fujifilm or something? Or like Olympus? I'll be like, what is this guy <laughs> on? What's up? Uh, all right. So yeah, let's dish. Uh, so we were hardcore Nikon shooters for Ladies and gentlemen, years. that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I tell all my friends who don't shoot Nikon, uh, no worries, nobody's perfect, but it's okay. Uh, we uh, we switched actually to Sony ourselves, um, oh, so okay. we made that the mirrorless switch yeah. uh, towards the tail end of, of our wedding career. But mm-hmm. um, and, and I'll tell you why, because we're also weird in a different way. Uh, since day one of our photo business, uh, and really never deviated, uh, we only shot JPEG. Um, so we never shot raw ever wow, weddings portraits very stuff. weird very weird yep jpeg only and so especially for the mirrorless side of things the ability to see more what you were going to get straight out of camera with those mm-hmm. digital viewfinders mm-hmm. uh was a game changer in my opinion so uh but no we were we were nikon for a very very long time loved it no complaints whatsoever uh but moved over to sony on the digital side because our mentor actually became a sony ambassador he switched from being an Nikon ambassador to sony uh-huh. I'll need, so, to get, I'll need to get his number off you later. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it was, it was just an awesome switch for us. So anyways, um, but yeah, Sony now, but Nikon for, for a long, long time. Uh, my favorite lens ever was a Nikon lens uh, and nothing holds a candle to it. Even to this day, it was the, it was the Nikon 200 2.0, um, that big old howitzer uh, of a lens um, that was wildly impractical, grossly overpriced. Um, but, but man, the images that came out of that thing were just butter. And if there was a lens that would make you feel like a better photographer, it was that behemoth. So there, yeah, there's uh, I like to say that about a beer that I, that I really like here in Toronto. This one will be some inside baseball. A, a lot of the people who listen to the podcast are from Toronto, so they'll know what I'm talking about, but Bellwoods is a brewery here. Their beers, like a tall boy of beer is like $5. But it's always really good. And then I'm always telling myself, like, it's overpriced. But then, you know, you keep buying it. So is it overpriced? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Exactly. So but yeah, no, it's that's that that's the gear. That's the gear on this side. So I don't know. What what else do you want to know? What uh, Sony are you rocking these days? What? uh, Uh, The A7 III. A7 III, cool, man. What I'm thinking about getting is an A7 IV. Um, I have a Canon uh, DSLR 6D Mark II. It's still really good for photos. I think on the video side, it's like not as good as, as some things. Mm. Uh, that mirrorless uh, thing is a temptation. But the yeah, the reason why I've been a little bit hesitant is just how like good the operating system is on Canon and how use I am to it. Like I, I, I do like vlogging and this and that, right? And like having that thing where I can actually operate it backwards. It's really going to be tough for me to, to do that on the Sony, I think, but I'll get used to it eventually. Right. So. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there's trade-offs like we were not, nothing's perfect. That's for darn sure. But like, yeah, I, I would say the color that comes out of our Sony is nothing compared to what even came out of our, our Nikon D3 back in the day. Like, yeah. I still think the Nikon D3 that those bodies that we had still produce the best skin tones and the best color out of anything I've ever used. So Yeah, Nikon's pretty good. I was at a wedding uh, this weekend. Uh, my friend Luke got married and, and their photographer was shooting on a Nikon. So obviously I was throwing some shade. Uh, but <laughs> but when I saw the pictures, yeah, they are, I do have to admit they, they are good. Yeah, they are good. 
So there you go. You heard it here, folks. Yeah, (laughs) I I love uh, actually the whole thing about photographers is there is a lot of honesty, like maybe compared to like uh, sports fans and stuff. They're a little bit more crazy with uh, with that type of thing. Right. And they'll kind of know like the Ravens are the team and no, 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 no Packers. No, ever. Right. Whereas we will we'll start it with that just kind of to be fun. Right. (laughs) But then we actually have to get truthful and be like, I know that actually like Sony has more megapixels, but still Canon. But, yeah. yeah and and you know i always crack up because clients are never going to ask like oh, are you canon or are you nikon or are you Sony? Oh, no. right like it has, it has absolutely zero you know weight on like the actual outcome of the business but it's just oh, no. more like us right so they don't know what full frame means either <laughs> they don't know what that means so not, yeah. not at all not they at all they just know when the photos look good that's it so yeah now, here, here's a question here's a question let's rattle some cages here do you believe that clients can tell the difference between good and great photos? Uh, I think that they can. I think that they can express why they're great. I think that they'll, like you can create an overall effect where someone will be like, this is a freaking amazing photo. Will they able, be able to say like, oh, the dynamic range in this photo is really good or like something like that? Probably not, right? They'll just notice like it's really good. And yeah, I think that they can. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think it comes down to the definition of what makes a photo great, right? What a photographer might dictate as a technically perfect image, um, a client may not even see the difference, right? And we sometimes we see that when uh, they pick their images for their album, right? Like, why yeah. in the junk did they pick that one, right? Yeah. Like that is, you know, but they're attached to it, right? And that to them is a great image. But anyways, yeah, it's you know, it, it's, it's very interesting. Like we see, I see a lot of photographers trying to sell themselves on the difference between good and great images to their clients. Right. Um, when I would, when I would say they can more tell the difference between good and bad. Uh, and it's the experience is what separates the men from the boys uh, when it comes to creating good client. Yeah. And actually just being like very creative, right? Like I often say like the, the most like important part of the camera is like the brain that's behind it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You can do, a, you can do a lot of tricks with a crappy camera. I've had enough crappy cameras to, to, to tell you that, that much. Right. It's, it's, yeah, it's more about like how the higher level thinking of it, you know, and like just, ex- yeah, literally just experience and kind of living in the space as well. Like that's a big part of it. Right. Like to not get, so nervous or oh i'm not getting any good photos like literally just like go walk around for 10 minutes and like look at everything and like just chill in the space have a coffee and then you know come back and try to shoot it or something like that right i think absolutely it's an important part of it uh yeah man uh let's get into some cloud spot stuff so you mentioned that uh it solves a lot of problems for photographers um when i first heard of it i didn't really get the idea i'll be honest like when i first like started uh found it on instagram was talking to you guys a bit i was like what really like is it a website is it this is that and then once i actually understood oh it's a way of delivering photos to your clients that you know sets you a level above but then also when i saw how you like are selling the stuff on there too i'm like oh shit now i now i understand it now i understand it because the way that you the way that it's dressed up the way that uh you know it's just integrated in there where you send the photos but then there's also the oh and you could also maybe buy a print and here's what it would look like above your couch i really like that that thing man so yeah get into a little bit more details of that like the problems that it's designed to solve basically yeah absolutely uh, and it really stemmed from a lot of the stuff that we've talked about even just kind of leading up to this it was how can, how can I remove bottlenecks in my workflow, right? How can I 
get my clients what they have paid us for, right? How can we create an experience that we're proud of for them? Um, so to, to me, that meant software that doesn't get in the way, right? Yeah. A brand or something that doesn't in, interject itself into the client experience and go, hey, look at us, right? Because it's not meant to be the hero. You, the photographer, are meant to be the hero to your client, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted you to be the hero uh, and not some third-party software uh, interjecting itself into that client experience. So, you know, CloudSpot, I like to say, is a gray labeled solution to help photographers on anything that they really need to do after they edit the photos. So mm-hmm. think of the client experience post-editing, post-Lightroom, post-Photoshop. Um, if you're wanting to have your business, your logo, your look, your brand, your feel, uh, really presented online in a way that helps clients easily get the photos you want them to have, easily purchase uh, digital products, prints, canvases, whatever it might be. Uh, CloudSpot's really the best way to allow you to buy back your time on that side of things. You don't have to build a gallery. You don't have to send you know, zip files or you know, Dropbox links or anything like that that looks goofy. Um, it's a beautifully branded look and feel email that you send directly from there. It gives them a link to go view their gallery which of course you can control, you know, passwords, download capabilities, you know, you name it. There's a bunch of controls in there that allows you to run your business the way you want to run it. Um, but then you can also, and this is something unique to us in our space, is you can also include an instant download button in that first email you send to your clients. So they can have exactly what you want them to have at the size you want them to have it. Like will CloudSpot resizes it for you. You don't have to upload different sizes or whatever it might be oh, um, cool. for for as long as you want them to have it. So you can set an expiration or how a, you know, a max number of times they could download that. Uh, we'll even throw your watermark on it if you want. It really just depends on what type of final files you want them to have. Um, but you know, we, we lovingly call it grandma-proof downloads, right? Because uh, you don't want to be tech support for your clients. You want them to dive in, get what you want them to have and enjoy, right? And share it everywhere and, and help your business grow. So we try and remove every single barrier possible uh, to that end. And then, you know, after event sales, after wedding sales, you know, allowing them a quick and easy way to buy the prints and products uh, to help you earn more revenue in your business uh, is just another huge component to what we've really uh, leaned into pretty heavily over the last couple of years, uh, which is the print and product sales aspect. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I love those points that you brought up, especially that thing like from the photographer's perspective, right? Uh, everybody listening to this uh, probably has this exact same opinion of things, uh, especially when you're running a business. Like, I'm always hesitant to bring on a new thing, right? I'm always like, oh, I got enough accounts, right? I've got a book full of them, all these passwords and stuff like that. Uh, it's even if it might be a great thing. It's always that burden of, you know, what is it going to take to onboard this? I'm, you know, I'm going to have to teach this new platform to these people. Most of the time, that's just like an apprehension that is like silly, honestly, because like every time that I used to be, I used to be like that about like Zoom. I used to be like that about Slack. I used to be like that about, uh, Kellen Lee or whatever that thing is called, right? And just be like, oh, I just, I can do it the the easy way, uh, like a grandpa, like a grandma, like you were saying, right? So <laughs> yeah, maybe let's get into, drill down on that a little bit easier, like just for, for people who might be interested, you know, maybe they've kind of heard what we're talking about. They're kind of intrigued with that. And then they have that apprehension, like still, you know, what is something that you would, or maybe a few points that you would tell them, like why it is so easy and to, to integrate it into your workflow? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, for, first I would say, you know, especially now or especially in this 
phase of the photography industry, it's so important to have an online presence and a, and a place for your work to really shine, right? Uh, and your website is, is the storefront, I would like to say, um, but your client galleries are really, you know, the meat and potatoes of how you can leverage your work and allow your clients to share that work as easily and as seamlessly as possible, which, you know, as long as the tool is doing its job and looping them back to you, rather than it just getting spread all over the internet, um, that's super important. So that's why a branded gallery is so important. That's why, you know, allowing people to download images with or without watermarks or allowing them to purchase things directly through you uh, or to buy digital files versus them just screenshotting and you know, printing those things out. Like there's, there's a whole host of reasons why keeping it within, you know, under the umbrella of your brand and your business um, just helps everyone, right? Um, you know, a small example, like when it comes to print and product sales, if you're just, you know, giving them a download link to the images, but not giving them a way to actually print those and put those on their on their walls. Um, you know, I hate to break it to you, but they're doing that anyways. They're just spending that money with someone else. Right. You know? They're probably doing uh, a not great job of it because they probably sent it with mm -hmm. the wrong color codes. They probably sent it in RGB as like, a, you know, and yeah, whatever. <laughs> sent, it right. as a, sent it as a GIF. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of times that I've seen people, you know, do a screenshot, throw a filter on it and post it to Instagram, right? Oh, and it just, you know, that's just, that just a little piece of a photographer dies every time. Or, they see or how my dad that. does it, like a cell phone picture of a computer monitor <laughs> or something like that, right? Right, right. And, and, and so I tell you, you know, uh, we, we are a convenience-based society. We always have been, and we continue to be more and more, um, you know, leaning in that direction. So, you know, when it comes to like print product sales, people are printing it but they will spend a little bit more for the expertise, for the quality, and also more than anything for the convenience. So why are you not giving them that opportunity mm -hmm. to spend that money with you? Uh, because they want to, they like you, right? They, they want to, they would rather you be successful rather than some big corporate, you know, gig that they're printing things at, right? Um, you know, case in point, like DoorDash, Uber Eats, whatever it might be, like you're spending 15, $20 just to have somebody else bring you a cold hamburger right? Uh, that you could have just <laughs> gone around the corner to get. Uh, yep. But, but we do it, right? So we don't have to leave our house, right? And so it's it's no different uh, in, in the digital side of things with client galleries, right? Um, you know, you, in order to set yourself apart, it comes into the client experience. So why not create the best experience possible that allows your brand to be elevated and gives your clients the permission to do what they were already going to do? And so really we look for opportunities within that on the client side of things with CloudSpot, but also on the photographer side of things uh, when it comes to even marketing their work. Um, for example, like marketing your work on, on Instagram, uh, you know, uh, how often do we know that we should do this thing, right? That we should post these things, that we should be active there, but how much do we dread having to like go backwards into our workflow or what it feels like a backwards step in order just to be consistent and uh, visible on yeah. a huge platform for, for creators, right? Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sidestep the rabbit hole that is, you know, is Instagram the best way to book clients and get discovered? And is it We've just, got you like know, a whole other podcast about that. So don't worry about that. Excellent. Awesome. So yeah, include that in the show notes. Uh, but, you know, for, for this specifically, it's how do we allow photographers to show up and not, you know, 
spend hours and hours and hours trying to do this thing that they yeah. did already, right? Uh, and so even in this last year, we really tried to tackle that problem head on. And so, you know, on the CloudSpot dashboard side of things, right, where photographers live and manage their work and create these galleries, we let them just write in their dashboard, uh, earmark an image for Instagram. We let them say, yes, I'm, this is one that I'm, you know, because you're managing your galleries and your photos anyway. So while you're going through it, you might be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I want to share that one. So we allow you to create uh, and draft um, captions for Facebook, for Instagram, for Pinterest, nice. um, for Twitter. And you and those captions are saved right alongside those images oh, such that if that. you need to, yeah, so that if you need to go onto your mobile dashboard for CloudSpot, you can easily download the image to your device, copy the caption and hashtags and just paste it into Instagram if you want yeah, to. Man. Yeah, man. Um, speaking of buying back some of your time, man, because that like that's something that's killed me, like killed in freaking hours of my time is like the whole, oh, I've got these photos, go in Lightroom, export them smaller so that they'll work on Instagram. And then I'll try to post it on my computer and it like won't work. And then I'll be like, put it on Google Drive, download onto my phone, post on Instagram, and then Instagram like can't find it on my phone. I'm like, ah, uh, right? Like this, this sounds Absolutely. very appealing to me, to be honest. Yeah. Buying back Absolutely. some of that time. Yeah. Oh, no, it's huge. And it's right time, right action, right? In our workflows. So it's like, again, it's not having to feel like you have to go back and do all this stuff because then we're just not going to do it. It just yeah. sinks to the bottom of our to-do list. Yeah. Um, so we brought that to life, right? And we tried to solve that problem, but we knew we didn't solve it all the way because you still had to do that work, although it's a lot less work and it's more convenient. Um, so what we did is we took it a step further and we did the first ever integration with a social media scheduling platform. So CloudSpot created and developed an integration with Plan, P-L-A-N-N. -N. It's a planthat.com. They're a free tool for creatives to essentially, it's a web-based interface to where you can schedule and automatically post to Instagram, to Facebook, to LinkedIn, to Twitter, uh, or excuse me, to Pinterest. Um, and what we did with our integration is you just click on the add photos from CloudSpot and it'll automatically allow you to select those images that you've earmarked already nice. and added captions for, and it will automatically add the captions in those posts. So not only does it bring over the image at the perfect size, so you don't have to re-export or do anything, it brings over those captions, those hashtags for every single image. And then all you have to do is curate your grid, say when you want it to post, and you just let it do its thing. So you can have an entire month's worth of content done within 30 minutes, and you're never really breaking from your normal workflow. Oh, that's good, man. Isn't it interesting how much of a burden that social media has come? I know it's a bit of a tangent, but <laughs> like oh, we're trying to find absolutely. all these new ways of like solving this problem of something that was supposed to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now we begrudge it, right? Uh, and, you know, for right now, this this is an avenue that that really works for photographers, right? And it allows you to be discovered for better or for worse. Um, so it's really then how can we ingrain it into the business? How can we ingrain it into the workflow? And how can we make it uh, a part of it rather than again an afterthought or yeah. something that we should do it, it, um, it is still very important it is still very important to to stay active on social media and like uh, it comes back to me so often like I, I do a decent enough job of it I mean I have a weekly podcast so that helps but in terms of like Instagram and stuff but it, it definitely always comes back that people know that I, what I'm doing that I'm working the type of work that I'm doing right like sometimes you just kind of feel like you're screaming into the void but I, I hear it back in real life all the time when people are like oh I saw you did this this and this even somebody messaged me on uh 
on the actual podcast uh, Instagram, photo underscore friends underscore pod. If you want to check out pictures of Gavin's abs in his prime, <laughs> uh, he, he he messaged me and just like said, you know, and I've got a few messages like like this, like people who I've never met in my life, but they're like, man, I've listened to every, this guy actually said that he's like multiple times listened to every episode or whatever. I was like, dude, that means a lot, right? And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm glad that the, that you keep it fun on the podcast a lot of podcasts that are like business are pretty boring and stuff like that he's like i'm glad you have actual personality so you know like you do you do affect a lot of people with that and it it is it isn't really a burden it's something that you need to do for your business but it's really good that you guys are creating some uh some integrations trying to trying to think from the from the perspective of, of a photographer, right? Like some of these bigger businesses obviously aren't doing that. Uh, what are some other like other um, features and stuff that you guys are planning on uh, integrating soon? Like some stuff that's planning, maybe you can't give it all away. Uh, I'm sure there's some secrets, but <laughs> no, what, you, I'm, I'm, what I'm... you can talk about, maybe you'll be able to get permission from the CEO. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. I don't know, Harry's a pretty cool guy, uh, yeah, but- um... all right uh tom hardy lookalike I, I hear um but uh yes i'd be happy to share something that we're working on we've been working on for the past year and so we're getting close to the finish line uh, it's very new tech uh for our industry uh, but it goes along the lines of creating an experience for your clients that really um you know they can't get anywhere else and so uh in the store side of things well first of all we're working on a print and product lab integration uh, in Canada, first of all. Mm-hmm. So then within the next few months, we're going to be having that out. We're going to be able to support photographers in that way. We have a lot of Canadian photographers already, but in terms of automating the print and product side of things, rather than them having to fulfill from the sales they get, mm-hmm. um, we're really excited to be adding a, a lab in Canada. And the way that it is now, if I like, if I was using it, it would come from like a state's company or it just, you'd have to build out your own way to print it. Uh, it, it's called a custom product. So you essentially just create your own. Uh, yeah. It's essentially just like a little, you know, card or a tile or something that says, Hey, this is what I want to sell. These are the sizes I want to sell it at. And this is the price I want to sell it at. And okay. so you can still facilitate your sales through CloudSpot galleries, but when you get the order, um, then you have to use the lab that you know and trust right, and, right, right. and fulfill it on your own. So, okay. um, so we're hoping to remove that and just partner with uh, a well-trusted Canadian lab that has a heart for photographers uh, and automate that side of things. So that's coming soon. Um, and I'm really excited because COVID punted, you know, had us punt on that and a lot of stuff there. So I'm really excited to be picking that back up. Um, but to that end, when it comes to print and product sales, especially for larger things, uh, it's really difficult, especially on an online uh, medium for clients to get an idea of size, scale, perspective, like say like a 16 by 20 canvas, right? what does that mean? Like, unless a client's got a tape measure handy or they're looking at their wall and they could perfectly be like, yeah, sure. That, that yeah, unless do. they're an interior designer or an artist or a photographer themselves. Yeah. They don't know what that means. Yeah. It, it's, it's near impossible to get it right. You know? Um, but however, those are, those are things that people are filling up their wall with. Like our partner labs are telling us, look, wall art ha- has exploded by three, 400% over the last two years. People are spending uh, more time in their house, man. <laughs> staring at those walls or, or, you know, wives are going, look, we should really do that photo project or we should finally print our wedding photos. Right. Yeah. I get it. Um, uh, and, but it's not slowing down even as, you know, uh, you know, we're getting back to normal life. It's still not slowing down. We're, we're still seeing triple digit growth uh, in those categories. So we said, okay, well, what can we do to help photographers from that, right? If, if their clients are buying online, how can we help them? How can we help them sell bigger things uh, and help their customers buy with confidence? So uh, within the next month or two, 
uh, fingers crossed, knock on wood, salt over shoulder. Um, CloudSpot's going to be introducing augmented reality previews for clients oh, to experience wow. prints and wow. canvases right there on their device to see it in augmented reality right on the space that they're oh, looking that's for. That's cool, so, man. Google will do that with like, a, you can bring like an alligator into your house, eh? Yeah, so similar. Uh, yep, yep. Trillion, do, trillion dollar companies, Amazon, uh, Apple, Google, they have this tech already, yeah. right? And we've, I'm sure we've all experienced it where we're looking to buy a chair or a desk or something like that. But for small business, especially for creatives, for photographers, this this has never been a reality for them to offer as a part of their business and service to their clients. Yeah. yeah. And so so now in or very soon in the galleries um, for these you know very large uh, prints and, and canvases, yeah. the client will be able to choose the image that they love from their gallery, choose the size of let's say the canvas that they're interested in buying, right, and then click a button that says view this in my oh, space. That's so cool, man. And it essentially pops up on their phone, uh, activates all the tech that's now on pretty much everybody's phone, and will literally plop that in wow. mill to the millimeter detail. And you can walk right up to it, get around it, climb all over it, even see the weave of the canvas and the fold wow. in the back and the staple on the back um, wow. of the product. Oh, that's really buy. cool, man. Yeah, taking <laughs> taking advantage of uh, of that technology, like good good way to be thinking you know like we all everyone has cell phones and like you said there's already people kind of uh kind of doing that but it's nice that someone's thinking of yeah how you can put it in the hands of uh some small businesses out there man because you know absolutely definitely need the support i'm not jeff bezos at least not yet so i'm not launching any <laughs> uh any rocket ships yet but i don't know maybe we're launching a few photography careers with the advice on this podcast so that would be good I enough That'd be good enough for me. Uh, yeah, man. Speaking, I guess we're kind of uh, running out of time here, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe one good thing to know is just uh, some advice, like in terms of choosing a career path. I mean, you went into the uh, the wedding photography thing, and then you kind of pivoted into actually helping uh, photographers. Is there kind of like a general guiding principle that you think uh, will help a photographer choose a career path, or just kind of is it is it a bit different for everybody? I think what motivates everyone is different, right? Yeah. And I and I and I believe that being true to that motivation is is ultimately what's going to allow you to keep going. Um, so if if it's strictly money that's motivating those decisions, then that then that's going to wear out, right? You're either going to make that amount, or you're going to move the goalpost, and it's never be good enough. Or um, as soon as you hit that, you're just going to lose all all passion, right? And then you're starting over. So. Um, it really depends on what drives you, like what your goals are and, and what you define as happiness and success. So not what other people define it as, um, which is easier said than done. I get it because we spend our whole lives trying to impress people who are going to forget you 10 minutes after you die anyways, most, most likely. Right. So, you know, not to not to bring down the mood, but essentially that's what it is. Right. And so, like, why work so hard to impress these people who really at the end of the day, it's not going to matter. Um, yeah. So uh, to thine own self be true. Right. And, and so from there and then I would. I would just say never stop learning, right? Never stop investing into yourself or to your team if you have a team or um, in, into, it applies to anything, relationships, business, you name it, but never stop investing into yourself because as soon as that goes stale, then, then what are we doing? Like, well, what's the whole point of this anyways? So I don't know, high level stuff. Um, but, yeah, I like that. Uh, but I, I think that's ultimately important because 
you know, like I said, the goalposts are always going to move, right? So like, oh, once I shoot 20 weddings a year, I'm going to be totally happy. And you're at 20 yeah. weddings, and you're going to be like, ah, 25 would really actually be the thing that I want, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and so, you know, goals are important, but uh, goals are not going to keep you happy and goals are not going to keep you um, from, you know, getting through the really tough times often. So, yeah. and, and I'd say ultimately at the, at the end of the day, no matter what path or direction that you choose, uh, if it were easy, then everyone would be doing it, right? So it's going to be hard. Be prepared for that. Um, but, but utilize it, right? That, that, is, that, is, that is a feature, not a bug uh, of this entrepreneurial journey. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, and, you're supposed to make a lot of mistakes. Like that's, that's, everybody does, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So when it happens, leverage it, you know, count it as a blessing, learn from it uh, and move on uh, and onwards and upwards. Yeah. And, and like you said at the beginning there, man, that's such a strong point is like that someone else's definition of a successful business. Like, don't worry about that. Right. It's what kind of business do you want to have and what kind of life do you want to have? And don't forget to have a life as well. We have a, our last episode was about burnout. So go listen to that one. If, if you don't have a life, <laughs> uh, okay. This was awesome, man. Uh, we've got about an hour of podcast here, so I'd call it a, uh, a successful casting of the pod. You know, uh, when you go fishing, you got to put that little, I don't know what it's called, but you got to flip, you got to cast a fishing rod. Of course you have You got to flick that little thing down and then cast it. And then we bring in some uh, conversation fish. And that's what we did today. Uh, where do where can people find you if they want to learn more? I mean, obviously, uh, cloudspot.io is the website for your business. But do you have like a personal Instagram or anything like that that you like to plug? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a personal Instagram, but it's just my kids being hooligans all over the place. So I'll, oh, cool. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll spare people that, but no clouds, cloudspot.io is the best place, uh, to get plugged in, to help optimize your workflow and just to stay in the loop on, on all the ways that we're helping photographers. We got some other very big things coming later this year, uh, as it relates to helping photographers be successful in their business across more than just the gallery side of things. Uh, that's nice. as much as I can say about it right now, but ultimately our goal is to help photographers in every aspect of their business. So just super excited and in so many ways feel like we're just getting started. Yeah, you can find CloudSpot uh, on Instagram as well. That's where I found you guys, so. Absolutely, uh, CloudSpot underscore, underscore IO, or oh, CloudSpot.io, nice. yep, so we're there. Sweet. Uh, you can find us, uh, photo underscore friends underscore pod. We're going to post up some, uh, I don't know, some stuff. Pictures pictures of Gavin doing something. Doing something <laughs> cool. Some cool photos. Some other, some other cool stuff. Uh, if you want to hear more of this podcast, you should probably consider following the podcast. I'm going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, I'm getting married. <laughs> and like, congrats man That's yeah thanks awesome. man in like a couple of weeks uh so you know there's not going to be a podcast for a couple of weeks i'm going to be busy getting married and stuff like that uh but we're going to be coming back uh refreshed full force bringing you guys weekly episodes uh, as soon as the wedding's done so make sure that you follow the pod uh make sure that you go check out cloud spot and uh gavin thank you again for this great conversation thank you for being on the show uh we'd like to get a just random just say the randomest thing that you can think of and that'll be the end of the podcast. Oh, man. Um, somebody hand me a shot of tequila and a flamethrower. Let's do this thing. 